Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 21 of Hustlin' Sideways. I'm Alan Hallis, I'm a music writer here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I am Jim Love, and I am a motivational and keynote speaker also here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yes, this is, uh, I think, the earliest we've ever episode- this, recorded an episode yes, in the day. It's noon on a Friday. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we, you know, we've had we've had several drinks, and it's just going to be a wildly intoxicated. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, we, they don't know. They're not, oh, no, they, good we, point. No, we're we're entirely sober, and yeah, yeah it's yes. it's good. It's yes. good. It's but working. actually, we are very sober. <laughs> I make yes. sure that's known. Yeah. We are we yeah. are still working from yeah. home. But we're going to do a, a twofer today, actually. Um, yep. And and uh, we're going to kind of go back in time. So it's funny we're releasing one of these before the other one, and it's a whole thing that we'll. Experiment. You're going inside baseball again. Yeah, we we, that's we fine. We could do that. We could we do. We don't that. have to. We don't have to tell them about that. We don't have to tell them that. All of our equipment was almost destroyed by oh, my dog. Yeah. Oh, Alan's dog came in and was going crazy and knocked over like both microphones. It was, and he was like shaking when he was done because he realized he did something. Bad. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> Poor guy. terrifying for I him. Know, but I know, but that's okay. We're better now. Um, but we're really excited uh, to to do this episode. Um, someone I've 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 really admired from from a distance for a long time and uh, have learned a lot from. Met when I was uh, in college. I'll tell that I'll tell that story as as we go on. But yeah. Uh, we want to welcome on uh, t- Tim Sigelski to our our, our our podcast today. So, Tim uh, just recently was was the f- uh, former director of integrated content at Marquette, and I'll let him explain what you know what, what exactly that meant because who knows what that means. But he was, uh, but really behind. All, all, all the the social media uh, whirlwind that was Marquette and did obviously an incredible job and we've seen what Marquette does now on yeah. social which is awesome. Tim was the first person that I met uh, like from Marquette like mm-hmm. officially um, and it was through social media it was through Twitter uh, when I was a freshman he was giving away stuff out of his office because they were moving <laughs> from one office to another That's- and ever since then who would have known that I would have gotten into social media as much as i have as well as you know with what you do exactly but thrilled to have him on tim welcome to hustling sideways nice uh thanks for having me on guys and that's uh that's crazy that i did not realize that we met when i was giving stuff away from my old <laughs> office and just clearing out my desk yes um and but you realize like at this point as i'm sure we'll talk about as as i'm wrapping up one chapter and starting another like just these really small moments um, that you that you've connected with people and then you find out years later um, that they remembered it and, and maybe you remember it mm-hmm. and then vice versa like people have an impact on you and they have no idea but you've you've kept that moment for a long time so my old trash in Whole Foods and Hall um, was the start of a relationship that led to this podcast today so that's right that's <laughs> right I, I have my story too actually with you is I, I had a class when I was a junior with uh, Dr. Katie Berg, who's who's now a, a, a good friend of mine, and you came in to talk about about social media as as you do, and uh, it was like the Friday of Halloween weekend, and everyone was was just deathly hungover, and and you, uh, and, <laughs> and, you and you held your own. I'm convinced you may have had you had a moment where you had to like clear your throat, and I wasn't sure if you weren't feeling well, so I was like maybe Tim was also out last night. Who knows? But uh, but I remember connecting with you after that class. Marquette followed me on Twitter because we had talked and and that was that was kind of my moment. I'm like, this guy owned oh, the real deal. And then you invited me to the Milwaukee Brewing Company for what we'll talk about was kind of the end of your of, of your beer runner uh um you know story and, and a celebration of it. So that was uh that was kind of how we came along and it worked out really well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> here here we are. Yes. Decades later. Uh to bring things back just a little bit before you got your start at Marquette, I mean, uh you had an interest, I'm assuming, in social media, this burgeoning thing that is now part of our lives you know every single day um give us your background a little bit where you kind of you know i know you went to marquette but where you kind of got an interest in uh in in doing some of the things you know finding out about all these apps that we now use every day 
Yeah, um, I kind of, you know, I look back at my career now and obviously it's not over yet, but um, has evolved over the years. And, um, you know, you, you have a thing in your mind when you're in college. Of, this is what I majored in. This is going to be my career and it will always be my career and it will always look this way. Um, so my background is I got my start um, with in journalism, uh, got my degree in journalism and thought I was going to work for magazines and newspapers. Um, and of course, in, in, you know, it wasn't long before the, the digital revolution came along and um, newspapers started evolving and, and changing. Um, and I, you know, at, at the time, I thought that I, I came into this at the at the wrong time um, mm-hmm. because magazines and ma- newspapers just started shutting st- uh, staff started, um, uh, you know, uh, shutting down, um, in our department after only three years, I'd worked at the journal Sentinel. They, um, had a meeting. Uh, I still remember it very clearly on a Wednesday, uh, with, you know, people in suits that came in. I'd never seen these people before and I didn't know why we were having a meeting on Wednesday. Uh, and they told us that they couldn't meet the revenue goals that they were looking for. Uh, things were changing, you know, Craigslist was eating into their, um, their advertising budget. If it tells you how long ago that was, uh, and they were, (laughs) and they were shutting down. (laughs) Wow. You know, um, like Craigslist, Craigslist was changing everything. Uh, and that was the end of, you know, uh, my journalism dreams, um, at least in terms of a full-time career. And, uh, what, you know, what happened, you know, what I turned this into is, um, you know, it, it actually seemed like it was the right place, right time, because uh, I was young enough and, and got into uh, social media, digital media, um, just enough in, ahead of like my peers and people who had been in newspapers for their whole career, uh, that I could, you know, take this and find, you know, where else could I apply? Uh, what I learned on, um, again, going to date me MySpace, um, <laughs> just, you know, dipping my toes into Facebook, uh, starting with Twitter and uh, Marquette happened to be expanding their marketing communication office. Um, and it wasn't in my plans to go back to my alma mater like four years after graduation um, and start a Twitter account in my first day and start a Facebook page and start a parents Facebook group and start a group for, you know, incoming freshmen. Um, but it just so happened that I had, you know, just enough skill uh, and just enough experience at a time when this was just uh, just getting started. Um, and came back and uh, launched, you know, all of the social media channels. As, as you mentioned, my my title eventually became director of integrated content, um, which was not a not a great title in terms of explaining what <laughs> what yeah. it is and what oh. I what I do. Right. But the idea was, um, you know, social media is is content. Um, so it all came kind of full circle back to my journalism days, where you know, I'm just telling people stories. I'm just learning um, and hearing and listening uh, from the Marquette community, from students, from alumni, and then channeling that back through whatever uh, whatever medium it takes, um, you know, uh, to tell that story. It might be podcast, might be video, might be writing, um, might be, you know, just all, you know, uh, Instagram takeovers, might be all kinds of things. Um, but, but it really comes back down to telling people's stories. So I'm, I'm at a moment where I can see things kind of come full circle. And, you know, the skills I learned in journalism, uh, they weren't skills that, um, as I thought, had to be applied in a magazine or a newspaper. It's just telling people's stories. And mm-hmm. as, you know, things evolved, it could be in, in whatever medium uh, happened to happen to be able to tell that story and, you know, we'll figure out in the future, you know, what the next mediums are. But, um, you know, it really comes down to my, my interest and passion in telling people stories. And that's what I kind of want to continue to do the rest of my career. Nice. Yeah, that's great. And I'm, I'm so curious, like, 
you know, you talked about like knowing what's, what, what was evolving and, and telling these stories. Like, did you ever have moments where, you know, you would go to bed one night and, and, and be using one tool pretty extensively for Marquette. And then in the morning you're like, Oh my gosh, there's like this new tool popping up or like, how did, how did you like manage? I mean, cause it's been what 13 some odd years. I mean, that's so many things. I mean, just have happened really weekly or, or yearly that have come out and, you know, new tools. Like how, how did you work to manage all that to reach, whether it be students or parents or alumni. And I could just imagine how much that just changed like on a maybe monthly basis. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's what made the job um, exciting through all these years mm-hmm. uh, is, you know, like, like, again, this, this is going to sound like a trip down memory lane, but I remember when, you know, Google plus, you know, came about. Yep. And, uh, and at that point, you know, they, they weren't this disruptor, um, but because things were coming so fast and furious, there was always this sort of joke in the social media community is like, what's your Google plus strategy? What's your, um, you know, name, name the, the, the platform that is now shut down. What's your vine strategy? You know, what's <laughs> your Pinterest strategy? Um, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's, there, there've been so many that have come and gone over the years that you have to, you have to pick and choose and you also have to learn. It's not necessarily again about the technology. It's about the content. It's about what story you're trying to tell. It's about your mission. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, when there was those new things that came on the horizon, um, one of two things would happen. You'd have to make a decision that, okay, you know, are you going to go all in and really learn this tool and, and how to maximize it? Um, which in some cases we did. And I would say like podcasts um, were a good example of that. Um, whereas I liked the technology, I liked learning about it, and I could also see it go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, or are you just going to decide that this is not worth your time, <laughs> either because you don't have the technical expertise for it, or you don't see it having legs, um, and then you have to sort of let those go. And and I guess you could you know you could dip your toes into a new platform, uh, something we did like say with Pinterest, um, but you can't go all in um, on every platform, or you're going to waste your time, you're going to waste your money, um, and you just can't. You know, yeah. with a uh, yeah. for for the long time for 13 years, I was a. Uh, a team of one uh, with interns. Um, and so, you know, trying to trying to maximize your time with limited resources, you had to make really smart decisions. Um, but yes, you're totally right. Like you could go to bed one night and wake up the next day and you're like, what the hell is this <laughs> yeah, <laughs> new right. social network that's popping up? And is, is it going to be anything? Do I have to care? I very much remember early Snapchat mm-hmm. and, and getting in and learning how to use it and kind of play around with it. I think I might have been one of the first people that interacted with Father Marquette, which was the, yes. the wow. Marquette Snapchat account. Yeah. And it was, uh, I believe Tim and I were messaging back and forth at one point, trying to figure out like tricks <laughs> and how things looked. But um, I, I've dealt with that my own, mm-hmm. you know, with evolving social media. The other thing that I've dealt with is getting, you know, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, Tim, but having to convince people that these things are worthwhile. Um, like, especially when something new comes along Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it catches fire and now you have to explain to people that have no idea what the new app is, like explain that, yes, this is part of your strategy. This is part of your like plan. Um, I remember specifically for us, like for me, uh, you know, when TikTok and Instagram were first there, a lot of employers would ask me, you know, what, why do we need Instagram? What's the point of this? Well, yeah, it's just pictures. And like, did you ever have to do that at? Marquette or anywhere that you've been where you've had to explain like, okay, this really, it's not more than just funny pictures and videos. Like there's more to it. Like, you know, it's not just those things, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, I'd say like the first half of my career was devoted to just evangelism. 
um, <laughs> or, or, or just explaining, you know, yeah. and I, and I actually had to come to a realization that, you know, there, there's definitely going to be the old guard and some people that, that never accept it or, or never see it, or even if they understand the value of it, it's just not for them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just, it's a different generation. Mm-hmm. And actually coming to that realization was very helpful that like, I can show people the value. That doesn't mean I have to sort of convince them of something and, and make them, um, you know, get on my side, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I shifted from, and I, you know, saying that evangelism and I'd say the first couple of years, especially, you know, you look at, it was 2008, 2009 and, and the names like Facebook, MySpace and Twitter doesn't, they, they didn't inspire a lot of gravitas, you know, yeah, <laughs> especially in like yeah. academia when you're like, Oh, this thing with 140 characters, you know, I know you did a, <laughs> I know you worked like four years on a thesis that's, you know, 500 pages long, but 140 <laughs> characters are the future. Oh my um, gosh. Try, <laughs> trying to make that case, um, could be hard. And I actually, as I'm, as wrapping up my, my, um, chapter here in my career here i'm looking at um at marquette I, I i looked through my files and i found a presentation from 2009 and i, I remember that actually being a turning point because i gave that presentation to our whole office and then ended up giving variations to our senior vice presidents and others um and i, I came to that that's when i came to the realization that i can do a really good job or at least the best of my ability explaining to people the value in something mm-hmm. and then they have to decide if they want to buy in or not and, you know, but the more that you do that and the, be- the better you can do that, um, the more it will spread. Um, and I also saw that, you know, it's not just me alone <laughs> having to make that argument because the world was shifting. You know, I mean, like I remember when uh, Twitter was on the cover of Time magazine and I'm like, well, now we've made it. You know, it's on the cover of Time <laughs> magazine. It. So every- everyone has to take Twitter seriously now. I don't have to make the case as hard. And that's really um that really was true. Like as it, as it became more mainstream, I stopped having to be that person in the wilderness um, that I felt like is this 20 some year old, you know, person saying, pay attention to this, to the older, older guards. Mm -hmm. So that was one um, aspect of it. And then the other aspect of it is as things became more um, mainstream and more paid, you know, people paying attention to it is I actually took an academic approach to it. So I'm, you know, just kind of made fun of that academic thesis um, saying that 140 characters of the future. And I went on the flip side is when I went to grad school, I did my thesis on Snapchat and I you know, dove really deep into a pretty silly platform and explained it in a, in academic terms using, you know, some, some theory that have been around for decades, if not longer. Um, so I took a look at it in a very serious, um, lens and took it seriously as more than just a tool to play with for, you know, that teenagers use. Um, and I actually gained a deeper appreciation for social media on a human level and what it means for our communication, not just through marketing. Um, and then again, in sort of a full circle moment, um, my own daughter joined Snapchat this year. <laughs> and so like, you know, and it's funny cause like she, you know, Snapchat's not the same as it was even three, four years ago when I studied it, but it has similar elements but I understand why she wants to use it and what she gets out of it. And then she in turn, turn, you know, teaches me things about Snapchat that I am not even aware of in today's tools. So it's um, yeah. So to kind of go back to your, your question, absolutely. You have to um, convince people of things and, Mm -hmm. and certainly in your career, that won't just be social media. Um, But I think that, you know, like, like I did, if you can learn that you can make a really good case, you can gain allies. You can, you can, you know, can, you can show people the value and then let them draw their own conclusions and it'll take time. And, you know, eventually people do come around to you. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of laughing, envisioning like your daughter having the opposite problem of what most kids have when their parents don't understand social media. And you're yeah, like, they know too like, much well, now. Well, my dad knows literally everything that's going on right now. So yeah, that's that's just hard. You, I mean, I, I you'd think so. I appreciate that, but I certainly am. I, I am actually tapping into her knowledge about TikTok and being like, okay, explain this to me like I'm five. You know, it's there you like go. I, there you go. I still. Yeah. You still have lots to learn. You never, you never learn it all. That's yeah. that's definitely true. Yes, I'm still in the same boat. So if she can give me TikTok classes, I was gonna say yeah, we great. may have to right. have her next on, on here. That would be perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, sure. at, at one of you know, at one point, one of those new tools that everybody seemed to latch onto was blogging, um, and and having a blog, and everybody needed it, and they didn't know why they really needed it, but they needed it, kind of thing. Not like, sure why, but we have to have this. That yes, yes. very much the mm-hmm. uh, the 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 thought process at least at the time. Um, and you, that is your side hustle now, or was your side hustle is the beer runner, which was your blog. Yeah. Um, it, was it an experiment to kind of play with some social media or was it like, you know, okay, this could be a thing. Like, like how does the beer runner start? The origin story of the beer runner. Um, I can I'd be happy to dive into that. Uh, so yeah, two parts again. Um, one is the idea of blogging really democratized, um, ideas and, and, you know, it, it stopped the gatekeepers of just, you know, again, publishers, newspapers, magazines, like, you know, at one point, if you wanted to get your ideas out there and be published, you had to have an editor, you had to, um, have a book deal or a byline or all those sort of things. And again, this was pretty revolutionary at the time, but I remember in college starting a blog, you know, in 2004 when I was a senior um, and just starting, I actually wrote about my travels. Uh, I worked in a national park and so I just wrote it like after college of, of just exploring. So I wrote about what it was like to travel post-college life in Montana and you know, go to national parks and that sort of thing. Um, so I got really into um, and, and just kind of um, understood the, the nascent world of blogging through Blogger and WordPress and, and those sort of things. Um, and then, you know, you know, as again, as these things go, it's like the, the old guard, the experts were like, well, looks like there's some value in blogs. So, you know, <laughs> traditional publishers um, started adding blogs to all their websites. And so the New York Times and, um, you know, the Journal Sentinel and all those, they would have like their here's the article that you'll find in the newspaper. And then here's 10 blogs you might want to read. Um, and, you know, now there's really no separation between those things. What you find often in, you know, the, the print publication, if that exists, is the same thing that you'll find on their website and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but traditional publishers were like, we can gain a new audience if we create a lot more content on a, on a regular basis on our websites. So I had started writing for Draft Magazine and, uh, which is a beer magazine. And I wrote kind of traditional articles, uh, travel articles about Milwaukee, articles about hops, in, interviewing brewers. I interviewed uh, uh, Jim Cook from Sam Adams. And my editor came to me and said, um, you're a blogger. Uh, you've been writing a lot for us. Can you write a regular weekly blog for us <laughs> or multi-weekly? Um, what do you want to write about? What do you want your niche to be? Do you want to write about food and beer or like, you know, beer in the Midwest or Milwaukee or, or what do you want? And I said, um, you know, uh, I think there's a community that we haven't really spoken to yet. Um, and I feel like I'm part of it. No people in it. Uh, people who are into an active lifestyle and love craft beer. Um, and it's it, it could be triathletes. It could be skiers. It could be, 
you know, uh, runners, marathoners, ultra runners, you, you name it. Um, but as craft beer grows and as these outdoor active activities go, they really intersect. And I want to, I want to speak to that community. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's like, I will give it a shot. And so I started blogging for them. This was like, again, like 2008 or so. Um, and it just, it just took off, um, in a way that I didn't really foresee the magnitude of it. Um, and again, a lot of societal forces at play, um, uh, so, you know, the rise of social media so people could find that community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I created, uh, my social media handles for the beer runner. <laughs> I just came up with, you know, I was like, I was, I was at one point, you know, just sharing this under my name and Tim Sigelski is not ever going to be as catchy as the beer runner. <laughs> right. And I'm sorry. Like people just don't, you know, draw just, the snacks yeah. and be like, Oh yeah. I mean, you may know me, but like, you know, most people who started following aren't going to be like, I'm going to follow Tim Sigelski to hear about beer and running. But then when I started the beer runner, you know, uh, handles, it just, it just exploded. And I started getting, you know, shared, um, by runner's world, um, and some other high profile, uh, social media accounts and Twitter accounts. Um, and, uh, it, it, it just took off for, so for about 10 years, I, I wrote about beer and running, had a column called the beer runner. Um, it, it also appeared, you know, in the physical magazine, but online. And it was this, uh, uh, this, this fun run, no pun intended, um, <laughs> to talk about these two, you know, passions and pursuits of mine, uh, that really grew, um, you know, in a, in a community, um, way, but also through brands, uh, Michelob ultra actively, um, markets to the beer and running community and mm-hmm. the beer mile was covered on ESPN and the wall street journal. Um, so again, I feel like I was at a place, the right place, right time, um, and talk about things that were relevant to me. And it turned out it was actually relevant to a, a lot more people. Uh, and it was a great way to like, kind of bring my own passions and hobbies to a larger community. Yeah, I love it. That's the story of the beer runner. Yeah, and I think too, like you know, a lot of people that aren't sure if their passion aligns with like what people see a value, and it's pretty cool. I mean, yours clearly took off. Like, this is something that you knew people would be interested in. You were given a platform in which to talk about it, and just went for it. And we're kind of like, you know, it. But it's your life too, you know. Like, so you're writing very authentically, and and I think people grasp that, and 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 you know, and you didn't realize how many people were actually in that, and it's it's cool to see how much that really took off, and um, and so. The one thing as part of that, tell us about the the challenge that you gave yourself throughout this. And, and uh, I think it was the end, end, end of your 20s, right, that you gave gave yourself a challenge. And kind of what I consider like when I really met you is when you were at, at the end of, of, uh, of said challenge. I'll let you I'll let you dive into it. Uh, peak beer runner time. Yeah. So <laughs> I had spent a couple of years, um, you know, writing about uh, beer races and, um, you know, beer communities, places like Boulder, Colorado, uh, where, where these communities had thrived. And I just felt like I needed something else, like some other sort of hook or, um, or honestly just a gimmick. Uh, so <laughs> I posted on, on, uh, on my beer runner Facebook page. I'm like, well, it, you know, my 29th birthday is coming up. Uh, does anyone have any ideas of, of things I could do for the last year of my twenties to make it, make it epic. And, uh, someone just said, you know, streaks were, were becoming a thing. Um, so he's not, why not, uh, a beer and running every single day, um, for a year. And so I was like, sounds good enough for me. Um, <laughs> so I, I started doing that, uh, in the first like 30 days were probably the hardest, um, the beer drinking, not, but the running, just remembering to do that each and every day. And, um, after I got past, past, past that, past that kind of milestone, it, it uh, just sort of became second nature and I did it all the time and I really started to enjoy it and the routine and the habit and the people I was meeting. 
uh, and ended up doing it for three full years. Um, wow. And at the end, end now, of three years. A, uh, is this a mile okay. every day or is it how long of a run is it? Yeah, good question. So the rules of streaking, um, everyone kind of has different, um, but there's an official streaking organization website, which <laughs> define it as at least a mile a day. Okay. So mine Got was it. at least one beer a day and at least a mile a day. Sure. Um, some streakers uh, set a little bit higher bar for themselves. They, they require at least a mile or two miles or three miles a day. Um, for me, I was like, okay, I'm drinking at least one beer, running at least a mile. And I think I averaged something like three and a half miles um, yeah, in yeah. about, you know, maybe a beer and a half or two and a half beers per day for that time period. Sure. Um, Every time you say streaker, I'm thinking of something very different, than, different than what, yeah, it's, I, I have to, I have to move on from that image. Well, he was only arrested there, there a couple those, times. Yeah. <laughs> there are those different associations for sure. Yes. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> ca carry on though. So you, you, uh, I know we interrupted you in the most. So you were talking like, so you, you did this for three years, which had to be, I mean, that like, what an experience. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the end of, um, end of three, like I was approaching the three year anniversary and our second child was about to be born. Who's now, he just turned eight. Um, and I, I knew that time was going to become limited and, uh, it, it was, a, it was a lot to take on. Uh, so I was like, I, I want to rest day again. So I'm going to end the streak here at three years. Uh, which was a very good decision. You've seen, you know, some streakers that go up to like 30, 40 years. Oh my um, goodness. Wow. Yeah. And I knew, I knew that wasn't going to be me. <laughs> uh, I needed, I needed a day off. Um, and then I actually started uh, about two years later, another streak just to see if I could still had it in me and could do it. And I didn't even last a whole year. I got sick near the end of the year. And I'm like, you know what? People have rest days for a reason. Um, <laughs> And this was this was a fun experience while it lasted, but it, I don't have to replicate it again just to prove that I can do it. Um, so it, it kind of I think that three year streak is going to be um, the high watermark uh, for my beer and running streak. And now I continue to run, continue to drink beer, uh, just not consecutively every single day. <laughs> right, yeah, good. but I have good memories yeah. of doing it. Absolutely, I have to imagine like what the days in Milwaukee when it was like minus twenty wind chill, like. I mean, to get up and go do a mile. I mean, the beard sounds amazing on that day, but right. um, I mean, that's like, I would like the really pouring rain days. I mean, you know, that's, I just like, like to have to get to go, you know, like that had to be tough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, there's people who have different sort of hacks for this people who've done it for a long time. So one of them, I mean, obviously you can do it indoors on a treadmill if you'd like to, if you just, just want to, you know, get a mile in. Um, on days you travel, sometimes people will run like 1155 to 1205 or something like that. Oh, so they have a two day, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they, they knock out two days at once. Um, you know, I mean, these are all kind of, it, it's kind of a, a silly streak and a silly rule, uh, but people, you know, once they do it, they, they start having, you know, they put all these things into place. The hardest, uh, thing for me is when, um, our whole family got the norovirus, <laughs> the norovirus, the first year of my streak. And, uh, it was also winter and very cold and icy and I couldn't keep anything down and was throwing up and could barely make it to the bathroom, but realized I still had to drink a beer and I still had to run a mile. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, no. yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm just kind of psyching myself up the whole day um, while I'm in bed. And then it was probably around eight o'clock at night while well, I'm like, well, let's, let's get it out. It's now or never. Just do it. Um, <laughs> and I went outside, probably ran about a 12, 13 minute mile, ran around the block, got it done, came inside. Uh, had a had a stout. It was like a stouter reporter, you know. It was like something, you know, fairly substantial. But I felt like I needed some nutrition back um, in the in the form of a dark beer. Um, and God bless my wife who 
who saw me do this. We had a young baby at the time and, you know, just knew I was crazy and had to get it in. Um, but that was the toughest. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, we got to applaud you for that because my goodness, I mean, I run, but I don't run every day yes. and I can't imagine finding time to get in even a mile every day is, awesome. is something. Um, but the other thing that kind of jumped out to me from what we were just talking about too a little bit, this is Twitter 2009. This is Facebook 2009. It's very early when you're starting this stuff. Now we are kind of ingrained with the idea of like an influencer or like somebody, you know, an account that people are all going to follow and gravitate to, you know, somehow they're going to find that content. And I think Twitter 2009 people were still very more open to like finding someone to follow, like finding different things that, were, you know, were just complete strangers that they wanted to really latch on to. Um, yep. Did you ever have at any point like like brands reach out or was it too early for them to kind of get the idea of like, Hey, everyone's following this account. We should see if we can do something with this account. My, I mean, so the main thing is because I was writing for draft magazine, like that was my association with a brand. So, mm -hmm. you know, they sent me, um, I mean, it was a job. Like I was, you know, paid, um, working for them to go cover uh, beer events and running events and, they sent me out a couple times to Denver for the Great American Beer Festival, which I, I, I covered, um, the world's largest beer festival. Um, that was actually where I actually, uh, celebrated the one-year mark of my first beer and running streak. Nice. Um, it's also when, when I turned 30. Um, so I went to a, a beer festival, drank a bunch of beer, and ran. I ran 30 miles uh, for my 30th birthday oh my around God. a park in Denver. Um, <laughs> looking back, I don't know how I did that. Yeah, I don't I, do yeah, that that's... again. That's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> but, but I covered uh, the um, World Beer Mile Championships in San Francisco, uh, a global um, competition between the U.S., Canada, and Australia, um, which was um, an, an amazing event. Um, seemed kind of apocalyptic off of uh, it was on an island outside of san francisco where everyone was running around and drinking beer and it seemed very surreal um, <laughs> it's like a movie in the background yeah, it, it was yeah it was actually the same island where like raiders of the lost ark uh, oh, was wow. filmed okay. so very strange event but uh so that was kind of like to answer your question like the brand association um there was like some brand reaching out that sort of thing again it was early so you know i think if that may have happened today you'd probably get a bunch of dms on instagram 95 <laughs> percent of which would not be um, valuable to you. Yeah. Um, but it was less of a, you know, can you, um, can you, can you promote our brand and me as a, as a freelance writer and a journalist really, you know, covering these things for, for draft magazine. But I did do some, I got some, you know, outreach from, from, uh, races that wanted me to like be like a race marshal or, you know, like or run a race and, and, and write about the experience and that sort of thing. So there was a bit of that, um, but more so it was, it was free beer and, and writing from draft magazine to kind of cover the beer and running community, which is kind of a, a brand, um, outreach in its own right, but a little bit probably different than what you'd, you'd see today. Yeah, definitely not in the traditional sense of like an influencer of, yeah, where you're right, having right. to post this and codes and all that mm -hmm. stuff that comes in with it. Um, I, I Was there ever any thought of taking the beer runner? I know, obviously, you had a career that was flourishing at that same time with not only the magazine, but then the opportunities that followed after that. But was there ever any thought of taking the beer runner as like a full-time thing and, and making it into its own sort of brand and you would be at the head of it? Yeah. So good question. I mean, I, th I feel like that's a, a, a really relevant topic and question for, for this podcast specifically. Um, you know, the beer runner was not my only side hustle and, and the side thing that I did. Um, at the same time I did, um, white papers and corporate writing and ghost writing, 
uh, for corporate clients. So very much the opposite <laughs> where, you know, I'm getting paid to, to run around and drink beer and write about it. Um, and, and then I would, you know, turn around a very technical white paper for a business. <laughs> um, and let me tell you, I mean, the, the business, you know, white paper paid way much more, way more oh, than, yeah. you know, writing a blog for draft magazine. But I felt they were very, you know, complimentary where I, I really enjoyed, um, the process of, of, you know, this, this, I mean, we've been talking about this for a long time because it's fairly interesting, you know, writing about beer and running, mm-hmm. um, and it paid, you know, paid some bills, but not a lot. Um, and then you have this other side of you where it's like, okay, I can knock out this white paper or this this corporate blog or whatever, and that's going to pay better. But it's not something I'm talking about at parties. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's not something exactly. that's really interesting. So what I, you know, what I liked about the beer runner is I I never really thought like, okay, I'm going to you know be a full time journalist again. Um, but it scratched that itch where I had been a journalist. I had been, you know, um, someone who went to to college with a journalism degree for a journalism degree. And so I got that opportunity to continue that side of things while I was doing all these other things. So I had a great full-time job at Marquette. I was teaching, I was, you know, doing freelance writing on the side. I was, um, you know, uh, doing workshops. I was, you know, all these other sort of things. So I I don't think it ever seriously considered like this will be my, you know, full-time job in the sense that I will be like writing for a magazine again. Mm -hmm. Um, But it, you know, like, because I think side hustles really provide multiple things. It might be, you know, paying some bills, but often it's just like your passion and what you really mm-hmm. want to do. And it's nice to have that kind of side, not have to rely on it and say like, you know, like this is just a fun thing I do. And it gets me, it gets me some, uh, some beer money or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> right. Um, if it pays as well. Yeah. 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 And I, I agree. I think yeah, that's kind of a theme we've gotten from a lot of folks that we've interviewed, you know, like it's not really, like, you know, they, it doesn't have to turn into your full, you know, thing. Like if, if you're doing it, you have a passion for it, you enjoy it, like you'll find success doing it. And just, just to be doing it, I think this is the important part. Like for these folks, like, you know, really it, it drives you and it, in, in that, that passion is what, you know, keeps you going. And if you have an opportunity, like you said, Tim, like to scratch that itch, you know, of like, you want to keep doing journalism. And this is, this is a really cool way to combine that talent with a passion you have for, for an active lifestyle, for drinking beer, you know, et cetera. So it's kind of a perfect storm for you. I think the way that that worked out and clearly, you know, people can catch on to that and, and it grew into something you probably never thought was going to happen. Like, I'm sure you didn't think you were going to go three years of, of running and drinking a beer every day. I just <laughs> like, so well, it wasn't, what wasn't the, my plans. Yeah. When it, I got my college degree and like, this is my <laughs> next chapter. Exactly. Exactly. So that's cool. I mean, it just comes to fruition when you put yourself out there and, seek out ways to show off what you're passionate about, you know, and I, I think that's a, that's totally. a good, you know, a good lesson for people is, you know, find, find ways where you can, where you can shine, you know, and, and show whatever, whatever content or, or, you know, context, I should say, or medium that's in, find a way to show it. And, and it's, you know, it's going to pay dividends, whatever those dividends look like for you, whether it's just great, you know, having being gratified or actually making money, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. And I think that's, and I've, I've seen that, you know, from a lot of our, a lot of our guests here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, something that jumps out at me too, is the thought of, you know, when you have a side hustle, uh, time management, it becomes everything really. I mean, and a lot of times there are some overlap and things, you know, might run into each other. Did you ever have any situations where you had to explain that, Hey, I can't knock out this white paper today or whatever it may be, or I can't do this article because, uh, I'm going to Denver to go run and drink beer. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like things like that, yeah. where, like on paper, they don't sound great, but you understand that there's a purpose. Sure. And maybe you have to communicate that to them. 
Yeah, no, great question. Um, yeah, I think that is, uh, you know, you have to compartmentalize and say like, all right, this is what I'm doing here. This is what I'm doing there. Um, and <laughs> I, I certainly tried to keep those, not that I kept them hidden. Um, obviously, you know, Jim, you, uh, you knew about it. You went to the, the wrap up party um, and you were yeah. part of the Marquette community. So I, it's not like I, I kept that like as a secret, um, but I also was, I wanted to keep it fairly you know, different and divided, um, especially because I'm working for, you know, a Catholic Jesuit higher education institution and I'm writing about beer. Yeah. <laughs> and like Although beer, those beer two streaks. things, those two things do come together very, very well in they, that, they in that do. particular yeah. community. Yes. <laughs> so I think people will be, people were very accepting and understanding of it when they, you know, heard of it. So I never really ran into trouble. Um, but I do remember, you know, one time uh, for my birthday, we had birthday buddies in our office and uh, this was fairly early on in my career and my birthday buddy um brought uh root beer and ironically sprecher root beer uh for the beer runner and like emailed the whole office and was like the beer runner uh we're getting root beer for the beer runner <laughs> root beer floats on it and i was like it's like do you have to do that right like, that, that, it yeah, wasn't necessary um, yeah <laughs> yeah so i'm like and it was it, again it was fine you know like it's not like anyone was offended or worried or something but i, I you do you do wonder you know when you have these side hustles like do you know how separate should you keep them and mm -hmm. how much should people know about what you do elsewhere and that sort yeah. of thing so it's not like i went into the office and be like oh, well i gotta do beer runner stuff today people so <laughs> out of my way um but you you know you, you did try to you know keep um sort of one persona separate from the other and the other thing i'd say is um and I actually gave this advice um, to some other uh, junior, you know, a junior person in our office when when I was wrapping up is, is like, have have passions and side hustles and pursue them and see where they go, because they may turn into other career opportunities. Mm -hmm. um, and you can use your vacation time to work on your side hustle if you need to. So, yeah. you know, we had a we had a pretty generous um vacation time uh, i had four weeks plus you know two weeks that the university was completely shut down um when i when i finally left that's a lot of time i'm not taking all those days to go to disney world you know right. like i'm not gonna like that's a lot i can't take that much vacation uh, maybe 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 some people can um but over the years i have spent a good amount of time on my side hustles through vacation um whether that's going somewhere and teaching a workshop mm -hmm. or um or going somewhere you know like that great american beer fest um or just spending time to catch up on projects and work on you know something that might be on my to-do list um so that's another like just kind of practical piece of advice i'd give people is um you know while there you know, might be overlap or you know you might be keeping these separate you can use your vacation time for whatever the hell you want so exactly, like, exactly. if you want to use it for your side hustle do it, you know, like don't mm -hmm. feel guilty or, or remember you have that in your back pocket, uh, assuming you have some PTO and some some vacation time to do that sort of thing. Um, it's come in very handy for me over the years. Yeah. And that's actually I would echo that. I, I mean, all the, whenever I speak at a school, I'm, I'm constantly using vacation time, you know, and people always ask, like, yeah. well, how, how do you do it? I'm like, well, I have time and I just yeah, I determine how I want to use it, you know, and right. that's like and I balance that, you know, between actually taking like vacation. But to me, like I love doing it. So like, why would I not use time off to go and like not worry about what I'm missing? Missing. And, yeah. you know, I just did it this past week and, um, you know, and it was, it was great. Like <laughs> I would do it again in a yeah. second, you know? So, um, and oh, I'm totally. with it. Yeah. And it's like, it's interesting to kind of keep, you know, like that example of, 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 uh, you know, like your, the, the, the birthday gift of rip here, like, yeah, like keeping it separate. Totally, Cause I don't like, I don't scream it to the masses. Like if I'm going to, to speak Beef, somewhere, yeah. like, I just don't, I'm like, Hey, I'm out, you know, like no one needs to know yeah. like, and, but they do know, like they know what I do. It just, yeah, it's an interesting yeah. and everyone approaches it so differently. It's kind of like walking a tightrope. It's like, well, do you want to be full force? Like this is your, you know, or do you want 
kind of to have your work life and your, you know, your personal life. And there's no wrong way. It's just kind of whatever people are comfortable with. Right. And, uh, you know, yeah, but totally. I, 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 I totally a hundred percent on the PTO time. I think that's important. Like you have the time, you know, it's up to you on how you actually want to utilize it. Right. So, um, I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. There's one. Oh, oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Alan. Uh, I was just going to say that that's like a battle. I think everybody kind of runs into yeah. even, especially in the era of, you know, social media where things all overlap and everything yeah. is on the same plane of how public you want to have your side hustle and things like that. Um, but yeah, I can, I can relate to the awkwardness of, uh, Tim <laughs> getting root beer for the beer runner. <laughs> and then you're just kind of like, yeah, that's a, that's a thing I do. And like, normally you're very proud about right, it, but in, right. in that moment, yeah. maybe not so much, but go ahead, Tim, what were you going to say? Yeah, no, great, great point. Thanks for adding that. Like, I, I was just going to say, you know, same thing. It's like an area of so, era of social media. Um, you may be sharing your side hustle stuff there because it's branding and it's promotion. Mm-hmm. So for Jim, like if you're speaking at a school, of course, you're going to share that, you know, in, exactly. in social media because that that's leads for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, for people who, who have that in their side hustle, I would say like, yeah, don't be ashamed of it. Get it out there. Um, especially if that's how you let people know about what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, there is, there's things I did that really, again, no one would care about if they knew about it. <laughs> it's not an Instagram worthy post. And those, I just kept quiet, you know, like I, like I said, you know, about the, the corporate, you know, work I've done, the corporate contracts, the, um, the white papers, the branding, um, I, few people knew about that. And, and part of it is just like, you know, people don't, don't need to know mm-hmm. what I'm doing on my own time. Um, and then secondly, like, it's just boring. <laughs> so, um, the best thing for those, the best thing to like cultivate those is sort of the good old fashioned behind the scenes networking, you know, the connections on LinkedIn, the private conversations, the, you know, people saying, Hey, I'm looking for someone who does X and I know you've done this. I know you're skilled in this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, then your reputation spreads that way, word of mouth. It doesn't always have to be public. It can be exactly. sort of behind the scenes, private. And some of the times those are your best leads. Um, but either way, you know, is it, again, like you both of you said, it, it, it depends on the person and what you're doing mm-hmm. and your situation. Yeah, absolutely. So with that in mind, with your new endeavor in, you know, a new next step into Sprecher, um, is there any chance of revitalizing? I know the, the Twitter account is still active and things like that are yeah. still active. Is there any chance of revitalizing the beer runner into a part of the Sprecher branding possibly? Great question. So, um, yeah, to kind of explain, so I start Monday. Um, so whenever people are, are hearing this, I, I, I'm starting end of October, um, mm-hmm. at Sprecher Brewing and there I'm, I'm going to be director of communication there and, you know, kind of help, uh, fit in a, you know, wherever they need to grow their brand, to scale their brand, to get their name out more regional and national. Um, so certainly the repu- the, the, um, I'd like to plug in where I can with my own brand. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to see someday, um, maybe sooner rather than later, a 5K uh, that starts and ends at their brewery. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to make any assumptions about um, what I do is best for them. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I want to see like what is the best for their brand um, that, that I can fit in. So it might be me being public, um, you know, as the beer runner, uh, sharing their events and sharing their their uh, initiatives. Um, but it, it might be more behind the scenes. Um, you know, I like they, right now they sponsor a race car, uh, you know, Sprecher 150. Um, that's probably not something I'm going to be sharing on the beer runner. <laughs> right, it's not right. the same audience, exactly. but it will certainly be something that I, you know, work to support and work to amplify and work to promote. Um, and so that kind of goes back to, you know, even my Marquette days, there are certainly things where I am sharing from my own 
accounts, you know, from my own LinkedIn profile, from my Twitter account. And then there's lots of things I'm not um, just because of the overlap there with my audience and, and, and what they're doing uh, may not be the same. So um, I'm giving you kind of a tactical answer to, uh, you know, your strategic question. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I guess I'd love to, you know, I'd love to certainly, you know, I mean, that's a huge reason why I wanted to go to Sprecher is because I have these passions um, mm-hmm. and interests in the craft beer world as the beer runner. Um, but I also want to want to see like what how can i help the best you know and and really um what, what do i need to do to amplify their brand um whether or not it's my 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 beer runner persona is involved um but to answer your question yes mm-hmm. i would like to if i can that's awesome i think it's gonna be such a good fit i mean i'm so excited for you and to really combine those passions and i guess you have two participants right now for a 5k for, yeah uh, i'll do uh, it from Excellent. And back. i'm I'm all in. Tell me where to sign. So I've that's, been that's I've been running five Ks. Alan's been killing it. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. I'm, I'm down yeah. for sure. We'll yeah. do it. So I feel yeah. like that's sold then. If I can say, well, I got two signups for sure. <laughs> You're good to go. I'm yeah, just, yeah, and there all the go. podcast listeners, we're good. That's right. Yeah, we'll make sure we get a couple here. Everybody, no. yeah, um, I was gonna have to write. But. Well, Tim, this this has been great, and I mean, it's just it's great to hear you know kind of your background and, and what you've done, and um, obviously the you know the career that you built at Marquette, and now moving forward, what you know the great things you're going to do at Sprecher, and of course your uh, all your side hustles and passions along the way. So uh, we really appreciate your time here, and uh, if if people do want to connect with you, um, you know, find out more about the beer runner, find out what you're going to be doing at Sprecher, what's the best way to to do that? Well, the easiest to remember is just at the beer runner. Um, I'm at the beer runner on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, probably need to launch a TikTok here at some point and get some <laughs> advice from my daughter. Um, otherwise, they can look up Tim Sigelski at C I G E L S K E. I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, all of the above. So, would love to hear from people. Beautiful, beautiful. And if you want to hear more, I'm taking Alan's moment here. I'm sorry, Pip, you always no, do it's this. It's good to have somebody I'm, else. Do I'm the kind outro. of rolling with it. Yeah, yeah. It. Um, if you want to follow this podcast, because your voice always goes up when you say this, so I'm just. Gonna, yes. If you want to follow this podcast, uh, you can follow us at uh, at Hustling Sideways. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, uh, and we also are, of course, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. This is the place to find it. Uh, Tim, thank you again so much. And uh, I guess I have to close this out with no, 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 we're out of here. Keep oh, on oh, hustling. Oh. Ellen did it. Keep on. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, everyone.